Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Tis time, dear listener. We have weathered another year to finally reach another glorious All Hallows' Eve. Time to settle in and trust your master of ceremonies, me, Blair Bathory. Happy Halloween. The universe has a mind of its own, and we're all subject to its wrath at certain times. Like when Mercury is in retrograde, or when there's a full moon, or on All Hallows' Eve, the night of Halloween. The universe expands to welcome the paranormal and make good people do crazy things. There's no anticipating the chaos and hauntings that can happen to you. First, curiosity killed the cat, followed by no tricks, only treats. Then, the town's murderous curse. Finally, in our featured story, legend that strikes you dead. Before we get to our stories, I wanted to tell you about our new Patreon. We have a brand new members-only Discord where you can connect with people who love something scary and all things spooky. And we will also be sharing monthly bonus episodes from the video and podcast starting later this month. Our patrons also get special discounts and access to our new merch store. And as a patron, not only can you be a part of our community, but you can be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcast or weekly video stories. So join us at patreon.com snarled. The link is in our episode's notes. Can't wait to see you there. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. And of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast along with a story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. So, want to hear something scary? All Hallows Eve. Sometimes you can be so driven to be the best at your job, you don't see the signs of deadly danger lurking right in front of you. Like in this story, written by one of our favorite featured writers, 
Jennifer Helen Coates. Every morning while she drank her coffee, blacker than death she was obsessed with, Lenora read the obituaries. She found there was always something to collect from the curiosities of the dead. That day, the announcement of the death of Mr. Aubrey III, survived only by his grandson and ancestral home, Aubrey Manor, caught her eye. There was nothing about the manor online. A relic, unknown, like an unmarked grave. Lenora eagerly contacted the grandson, Mr. Aubrey V, to offer her services in arranging an estate sale. He wrote her back, not with an email, but with a letter scrawled on thick aged paper marked with odd red spots. It read, Lenora, thank you for your condolences. My grandfather did not leave behind many worldly possessions of note, but perhaps this box may have value. You may visit to appraise it at your earliest convenience. Enclosed was an aged photograph of a mastodon wooden box with a metallic skull fashioned into a lock on its front. It was a valuable curiosity, Lenora was certain. The secluded manor was impossible to find. Lenora drove in circles before stopping for directions at a deserted one-pump gas station. Excuse me, can you tell me the way to Aubrey Manor? The attendant recoiled, his hand bawling to a fist. As he spoke, he refused to meet Lenora's eyes. Aubrey Manor? No such place. Now get it moving. He spat out, and Lenora scrambled away. At the stroke of midnight, Lenora finally found the shrouded dirt path that led to Aubrey Manor. Suddenly, a loud screech split the night as something hit her windshield. Outside, she saw a bat viciously circling her car. The long crack it left on her windshield looked awfully like a bloody fang. Lenora's heart pounded as she pulled in front of the manor of crumbling vines and blackened stone. In the twisted shadows stood an impossibly tall man on the doorstep. Under the moonlight, his eyes shone in an unnatural gray. Mr. Aubrey, in the flesh, he looked otherworldly. Mr. Aubrey, I'm so sorry. I got lost on the road. Come inside. No one should linger alone in the dark, he said. His voice felt like a deep trance, and Lenora's feet moved before she could think. Inside, there was an impossible chill, raising the hairs in Lenora's arms, the cold of the dead. Here in the stony old house, something felt wrong. As they traveled deeper and deeper across old, creaky floors, Lenora's head felt as murky as the cloudy nighttime. Lenora, is everything all right? I'm feeling a little dizzy. Let me show you to the box and I'll get you a refreshment. Mr. Aubrey passed by the set of doors, turning to let her enter first. As Lenore passed, she smelled the tinge of metal, like the brittle smell of blood. Inside the room, however, was only the box. It was wider in person, almost the length of two grown men's bodies. Please. Explore it as you'd like. I'll just be a minute. Lenora knelt down, feeling woozy. Her hands were met with a slight grime on the outside wood of the box. Drawing them back, she noticed her palms were red. After wiping her hands on her pants, Lenora fought with the polished skull latch until it became unstuck. 
She lifted the heavy lid to find a crisp satin lining on the inside. Her heart sank. She knew what the box was. It was a coffin, and the streak on her palm was almost definitely blood. Lenora's mind screamed to run, but her limbs were frozen. Behind her, a long creak of the door sounded. Lenora, you look pale. Here, drink this. Now her arms moved without incident. Mr. Aubrey stood behind her with a gold burnished cup in hand. Lenora took a sip from it and choked. (laughs) The taste of metal stung her mouth, burning. She peered into the cup to see a red liquid filled to the top. What did you do to me? Lenora screamed. Mr. Aubrey stepped forward, startling Lenora backwards. Her legs tripped over the side of the coffin. All at once, Lenora felt the sharp pinch of teeth against her neck and then the slam of the coffin closing around her. She screamed. Screaming was all she could do, as once again, her arms and legs would not move. Then, before she even realized, she was waking up. The lid of the coffin creaked open, letting in the unsettling blue of a new night, a night Lenora could see with new eyes, sharper, clearer. Mr. Aubrey stood over her now. From here, Lenora could see his long incisors, the slight point on his ears. Lenora understood. Mr. Aubrey was Aubrey Sr., a man not dead, but immortal, a vampire. There was no escape now. The box had lured her in, and she was now the vampire's offering, reborn in a coffined prison. Mr. Aubrey offered her a cold, lifeless hand, a bridge to her new afterlife, and with a smile said, Welcome home, Mrs. Aubrey. Have you ever traveled alone to pick something up from an online ad? Will you ever do that again after hearing this story? What's your emergency plan for if something goes wrong when meeting up with a stranger? Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Not everyone has happy childhood memories of trick-or-treating and dressing up for Halloween. Some people's experience was a living hell. Like in this story, written by one of our favorite featured writers, R.J. Joseph. Nobody ever went trick-or-treating in their housing projects. Allie used to ask T.T. if they could go when she was younger. T.T. always said no. She said it was stupid to send kids begging for candy that would rot their teeth and make them bounce around, tearing up stuff. T.T. thought a lot of things were stupid mostly, anything Allie asked to do. When Allie asked if they could visit her mother's grave, T.T. replied, Why? She's dead. She won't know we're there. When Allie asked for new clothes, as she'd outgrown her old ones years past, T.T. replied, No, you don't need new clothes. Allie had tried one last time to get her aunt to buy her clothes that fit properly. Please, T.T., the kids at school are mean to me about my raggedy clothes, and the teachers ask me so many questions. T.T. narrowed her eyes when Allie mentioned the teachers. She looked so much like Allie's mother, T.T.'s sister, but she was nothing like the sweet woman who had left her daughter all too soon. Then you ain't going back to school. I'm checking you out of there tomorrow. Leaving school completely wasn't what Allie had had in mind, but at least she didn't have to suffer any more bullying. Not at school, anyway. She learned to ignore the slaps and shoves. The only part that still hurt was when T.T. withheld food from Allie, which was quite often. She was always hungry once she couldn't eat at school anymore. Allie tiptoed over to the single window in her bedroom. She stealthily peeked through the middle slit to make sure T.T. wasn't downstairs on the tiny slab of concrete that served as their patio. Not seeing the telltale flicker of T.T.'s cigarette, Allie fully looked out. She watched a small child and their mother walk up to the porch of an apartment across the way. The child moved with plodding steps, determined, yet wobbly. The mother stood at the end of the walkway in the light of the full moon. The woman's longing was palpable as it crawled across the grass and pavement, slipped along the side of Allie's building and entreated Allie to continue watching. Her entire body visibly deflated when the child began to move away from the door that never opened back towards her. She resisted the urge to slide away from the window, out of sight in the wake of the pair's sadness. Instead, she nodded when her eyes met theirs. She had to get down to the door before T.T. did to make sure the children got the one piece of candy Allie could offer. Allie went to her closet and pulled down a contraband candy bar she had been hiding for over a month. The stolen snack was Allie's only defense against starvation, but giving it to the child would make Allie feel better. She eased her bedroom door open and tried to see where T.T. was. When she didn't see her or hear her, she ran down the stairs as fast as she could. What the hell is wrong with you? Titi's voice startled Allie as she tripped, falling next to the door. I, I-, I was just, Allie stammered, 
instinctively bringing her arms up in a usual position, protecting her head from Titi's frequent blows. Don't you open that door! Titi cursed as the door banged open, turning her head to follow Allie's gaze to the two figures that stood in the front doorway. Get out of my house! Titi swung out again, her arms suddenly freezing, her body also stilled. I, I'm sorry! Allie stood. She held the candy bar towards the child. A tiny hand reached out to take it. Allie's gaze met eyes with no whites, black orbs nestled into brown skin and a baby's plump face. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The mother uttered the phrase over and over again in a tune similar to a sing-song cadence the child spoke in. You are a kind child. Allie didn't bristle at the word. This was no child. Yes, the person continued. You are a kind child who does not deserve to live the way that you do. This one, a chubby hand motioned towards Titi, is of the darkest soul. The hand flicked out and Titi's arm snapped. Blood spraying from the fracture. Another flick and Titi bent over backwards with a wet, grinding sound. Allie's widened gaze moved between Titi's continuously breaking body, the child inflicting the breaks, and the woman who had dropped to her knees on the stoop, tears streaming thickly down her face. She deserves to die a painful death. Titi's head followed the motion of the child's arm, spinning on her neck. But what will happen to me? I'm only 16. Do not worry. I will leave you with a more suitable caregiver. The child reached down and grabbed the sides of its mother's head, expecting more carnage. Allie winced and then gasped as a shadowy haze developed at the fingertips and swirled around. The tiny hands guided the haze into Titi's fallen form. Broken bones snapped into place. Off you go. Your penance is done. Live the second life in service to this child as you have served me. Titi's eyes opened, and she slowly moved her repaired limbs. And you, foul one, begin your penance now. We will travel far and wide to find one more sinister than you. One last flick of the childlike wrist captured a second transparent form bearing the terrified visage of Titi before being pressed into the other body on the floor. Allie whimpered as the body moved awkwardly, stiffly, defiance shining in the eyes. Do not think you can escape. We will travel the earth every All Hallows Eve to continue our search. Come. The small body led the woman out of the apartment. A soft voice pulled Allie's gaze away from where the new pair faded into the moonlight. Let me clean up this mess and fix you something to eat. Allie studied the female form for any remnants of her aunt. Do you... Do you think we could go trick-or-treating for a little while first? Allie figured it wouldn't hurt to ask. Her new aunt smiled at her, genuine pleasure showing through. Of course, anything you want. It'll be a wonderful treat. Were you ever afraid of going trick-or-treating? Did you try to seek revenge on someone who played a trick on you? Send us your Halloween memories at somethingscary@snarled.com.
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Every year, a small town in upstate New York builds a secretive hay bale maze, and those who discovered why don't always live long enough to tell about it. Like in this story, guests narrated by Ashley Nicole and Taryn Renee, comedians and hosts of the Unsolicited Advice podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashley. That is Taryn. And we are the hosts of Unsolicited Advice. And we always do scary stories in October. And we got asked to read a scary story by the famous Something Scary podcast, which we are just over the moon for. So take it away. You haven't read it yet, right? I haven't read it yet. So take it away, Taryn. As a journalism major, when I first heard about the strange lore of the hay maze, I knew I had to investigate and write a story about it. Unlike most that pop up, this maze was incredibly difficult to navigate, and with every twist and turn, a scare actor or an animatronic would jump out and frighten you. But what many didn't realize about the maze was why it was constructed in the first place. Only the locals knew its real purpose and why on Halloween night, the carnival would close and no one was allowed in except for the residents. What? All the townspeople would gather at the center of the maze. Huddled together, they'd wait for the dawn for it to be safe for another year. Some of the younger ones would cry and ask why they had to stay there. Parents would look at each other with fear and say, so they can feed and leave us be. When I arrived at the town, I was not disappointed. It was decorated with scarecrows and colorful streamers. In the center of town was a giant carved pumpkin that looked like a demon feasting on a trick-or-treater. Everywhere I went, I saw the pumpkins all had the same design. A horned fiend seemed to leer at me from every front porch and storefront. In a diner, I asked the young lady, Abby, behind the counter about the repetitive pattern of the pumpkins. It's a town tradition, she said in a hushed voice. We do it to keep them away. Keep what away? I asked, confused. Before she could answer, a big man wearing a stained apron appeared behind her. He sized me up, handed me a sandwich, and told me to be on my way. A bizarre encounter indeed, I noted for my story. Then I followed the lively sounds of the carnival. But what really drew my attention, the source of my interest, was a large sign that read, Can you survive our hay bale maze? In bright red letters. I made my way to the endless looking line and started to chat with the people around me. I asked them about the pumpkins. Some of them suddenly seemed to not hear me. Others openly ignored the question. I was growing more confused as the line inched closer to the front of the maze. Finally, when it was my turn to enter, I felt a tug on my sleeve. I turned around and saw Abby from the diner standing there. Eyes wide with fright, she told me I shouldn't be there. I teased her and said I wasn't scared of getting lost. 
She shook her head and told me she knew how to find the center. She's done it a dozen times. She bit her lip, then looked at the setting sun. Follow me before the sun sets, she said before disappearing into the maze. I hurried after her, and with few twists and turns, I was already lost. The walls were decorated with spider webs, torn strips of black fabric and bones. It was very disorienting. Hey, where did you go? I called. After a moment, I saw her poke her head out from around the corner just ahead of me. Hurry, Abby ordered before vanishing again. I ran after her trying to listen for footsteps, but the sounds of the carnival seemed to drown out everything. My heart was pounding in my chest as I came to yet another dead end. Bent over, I tried to catch my breath. When I looked up, I saw that the sun had set behind the high walls of the maze, making long shadows that reached out for me like fingers. It was also then that I realized how quiet everything had become. It was as if someone had turned off the volume to the outside world, and all I could hear was the shuffling sounds of feet around me. I finally found a group to follow. They were quiet as they made their way through the maze till we reached a wide open area in the center. There, I found what looked like most of the town, spread out on the ground, most of whom were looking at the walls of the maze as if they were going to burst into flames. Abby was near the middle. She sat on the ground with her knees pulled up to her chin. I joined her and demanded to know what the hell was going on. Why was everyone acting like scared rabbits? It's a curse, she whispered. The town is cursed, and every Halloween, we have to hide here to be safe. I asked if it was related to the pumpkin carvings, and she nodded. Abby said, the elders say a witch cursed our town before she was burned alive. Before she died, she declared demons would devour a sacrifice at nightfall on All Hallows' Eve. The priests blessed the bales of hay, and it's set up in the shape of a symbol of protection. It's what keeps us safe from what's out there. As soon as she said this, there was an awful, guttural howl from beyond the walls. Everyone huddled together as the horrific sound seemed to grow closer. I watched as the walls of the maze started to shake violently. Loose hay rained down around us as the things outside howled and growled. Abby put her arms around me as we watched the walls tremble and shake, and I thought to myself, no way it holds. After what seemed like a lifetime, the walls stopped shaking and there was silence. I pulled away from Abby and approached the wall. I peered through the small sliver and saw only darkness. Sighing in relief, I turned around to face the frightened people and said, all clear, there's nothing out. Suddenly, Abby screamed, and something strong grabbed her from right in front of me and began to drag her away. I cried out for her as it ripped through the hole head first. A few others rushed towards and tried to grab her, trying to pull her back. But it was inhumanly strong, and then suddenly, she was out of reach and disappeared into the darkness. When I looked back through the crack, there was no sign of Abby, just a trail of blood and a pair of glowing red eyes with the silhouette of horns matching exactly what I'd seen carved on the pumpkins. They slowly faded away, having taken this year's sacrifice. 
I'm so scared. Oof. <laughs> I tried so hard to like That was like a movie. Cool, but I was the whole time I'm reading, I'm like, <laughs> I wasn't breathing. <laughs> Thank you, Taryn and Ashley, for joining us. Have you ever been to a hay maze or haunted house that was so terrifying you thought something terrible really happened there? On a scale of 1 to 10, how brave are you during Halloween? In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells the tale of Bunny Man Bridge, inspired by Giara Lopez and animated over on our YouTube channel. Halloween night is typically filled with fun costumes, tricks, and treats. That wasn't the case where I grew up in Fairfax, Virginia. There, everyone was told to stay indoors on Halloween night. You wouldn't want to encounter the Bunny Man. In 1970, an infamous asylum escapee, Douglas J. Griffin, had slaughtered and eaten bunnies to survive. He then hung their skins along with what is now to referred as the Bunny Man Bridge. One Halloween night, he did the same thing to children. Anyone who crosses a bridge at that night on the 31st of October could be next. At least that's how the story goes. But there was no way Melissa, Alec, and I were going to miss the fraternity party. Not an option. Once Melissa and I had perfected our witchy makeup, we called for Alec. I wasn't impressed to see he was just in regular jeans and a plaid shirt, but then he had a final piece of the costume, a plastic bunny mask, his red hair sticking out around it. In Fairfax, bunny costumes are considered off limits, but Alec ignored this, claiming his costume was perfect for that time of year. He hurried us out the door and we began to walk over to the party. The frat house wasn't far away, but it was on the other side of the Bunnyman Bridge. When we reached to the dreaded landmark, Mel paused. It was creepy, especially at night with only our phones to light the way. The bridge had a stark white cement walls with no escape options. Also strange is that it looked like a rabbit hole, the darkness making under the underpass look like a warren. But what was really unsettling to myself and Mel was the legend. Was it true? The only bunny man around here is me, Alex said, laughing. We pressed on, eyes peeled in every direction, trying to concentrate on the fun we'd have at the party. It was oddly silent. No chirping crickets, no soft hoot of an owl, just dredging through the grass path, the quiet echo of the infamous bridge above us. It was almost silent, and peaceful. We practically made it through when, oof, I tripped over a squishy lump on the ground. I looked down and screamed. It was a bunny, a dead, mutilated bunny with fresh bloodstains on its fur. Melissa rushed over to hug me. We heard a rustling sound in the bushes. Alex swore and stormed off after the noise. Melissa called out to him. She didn't want us to split up, but as usual, Alec was calling the shots. Just stay there, he ordered. I'm going to beat the crap out of anyone who did this. He disappeared into the thicket, leaving us alone. I closed my eyes, leaning into Mel and away from the carnage strewn across the ground. Waiting for Alec felt like an eternity. We didn't talk, just huddled together. I could feel the nervous shivers running through our bodies. Something jumped out from the bushes. Melissa screeched. 
I whipped around, not knowing what I'd find, and immediately felt relief as I came face to face with Alec, who was wearing the bunny mask still. Alec, you scared me. I punched his shoulder. Melissa shrugged and asked if he found anything, but he shook his head no. I grabbed his arm, yanking him forward. I just wanted to get to the party and away from here. We hustled down the path again toward the frat house. None of us spoke a word. I think we were all too shooken up. Then, Melissa froze in her tracks, staring at the ground. I gasped, please, not another bunny. The stench of blood lingered through the air. Bile rose up my throat as the scene came into focus. Blood coated the grass and a wave of nausea ran through me as I saw a severed human finger. And just a bit further was a lump with a plaid shirt and red hair. Alec, the bodies belonged to Alec. My legs buckled and I stumbled. As horrific as the sight was, there was even a worse predicament upon us. I spun around to face the third member of our party. The person we thought was Alec. This time, Sola's eyes stared right back at me from behind the mask. Run, the bunny man whispered. He was holding an axe. I grabbed Melissa's arm, yanked her forward, and we ran into the thicket. Melissa was pointing toward the sky. She could see the light from the fraternity house. We were almost there, just a little bit further, and no! Melissa's hand was yanked from me. I slammed into a tree, knocking the wind out of myself momentarily before I spun back around to grab Melissa. Something wet splattered across my cheeks. Melissa's body crumbled to the floor. I fought to stay conscious, hearing music in the distance. The party wasn't far, but as I stared into my best friend's unseen gaze, I couldn't find the strength to run anymore. The next morning, three bodies were discovered just a quarter mile from Bradley, Michigan's frat house. Their murder was never found, but the Fairfax residents knew who was to blame. The scattered pieces of rabbit surrounding the bodies told them enough. There is a reason you don't go out on Halloween if you live in this particular part of town. The bunny man had struck again. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>
you can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.